What's up, everybody? Welcome to Draft Chaff. This is episode number 78. My name is Zach. I'm one of your hosts. And joining me, as per usual, Ben Fisher. What's going on, dude? Not much. Uh, those, well, actually, everyone that can't see, uh, I'm severely outdressed this week by Zach, who appears to be rocking. Is that like a silk robe? <laughs> no, it's a cardigan. It's just a cardigan over a it, it looks It looks like a like Hugh Hefner style, like <laughs> just absolute baller. <laughs> I'm out here in a t-shirt. I can't compete. Just, just a cardigan. Well, in any case, today we're doing our Val live draft. We do try to do a live draft every single set. So this week is our Crimson Val live draft. We're going to do the entire draft and talk through every pick. Before we do that, of course, our usual housekeeping. If you're not in the Discord, check it out. It's a great place to be. We've got all sorts of channels in there, and we're, we've been having a lot of activity lately. It's been nice to see all the folks in there. Um, we are going to be announcing here our holiday mailbag episode coming up next week. So do check out the Discord for a channel where you can post questions for that. We're looking for any and all questions you have for us. It doesn't have to be magic-related get crazy with it. We like to do this. We did this last year and this is probably going to be a recurring theme for us uh, year to year. So anything that you've been wondering, it's going to be whatever you want to ask. We will, we will look through and answer all of your questions there. There will also be a Google form. If you aren't on the discord or really don't want to join the discord for whatever reason, there'll be a Google form in the episode description as well. So you can uh, ask your questions there as well. And we'll make sure to bring those in also. And you can find the link to the Discord in our episode description as well or on our Twitter page. And if you want to support the show directly, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash draftchaffpod. Huge, huge thanks to all of our patrons that are continuing to support us in our content creation each and every week. We are beyond grateful to all of you and definitely recommend joining if you're interested. We have four tiers over there that you can kind of mix and match the way that you want to, you want to pay. Perks that include things like our Draft Doctor series, uh, stickers, show notes um, for the show, unedited recordings of the show, as well as our Draft Chaff Hero cards sent out to you. And we'll be getting those out shortly for our latest round of patrons as well. So again, you can check that out at patreon.com forward slash Draft Chaff pod. Now we're going to skip the crack and draft type thing this week because we are doing an entire an entire draft. So let's move right over to our Teferi Tybalt. And this is our Roses and Thorns style segment where we share a high and a low from the past week. So Ben, Teferi Tybalt. All right, I'm going to start with Tibble, and that is a lack of sleep. I've just, like, <laughs> not been sleeping enough. I think this is a pretty common problem amongst our generation, I would say. I don't know. Every time I go to sleep, I'm like, man, I wish I did this two hours earlier. Someday I will actually listen to my own advice. And then the funniest thing is my students, uh, they come in and put their heads down because they're tired. I'm like, come on, people, get your heads up. You know, wake up. Let's let's actually get going. But what I don't tell them is that on the inside, I am just as tired. <laughs> Sometimes I do tell them, actually. Yeah, well, that's fair. I mean, hey, at least you're being open with them about it. Yeah, and I think that is something that we tend to struggle with our, our generation or, or those at around our age, uh, which is unfortunate, but, you know, part of part of life, I guess. Uh, yeah, do take care of yourself, though. <laughs> Definitely get the yeah. sleep you need. Yeah, I probably should. My Teferi, actually, after this recording, I'm seeing an old friend that I haven't seen in a while for, for dinner coming over after this. I'm super excited that I finally have a functional modern deck. Okay, I'm missing like two Stoneforge Mystics and, and maybe a sword. But you know, besides that, I have the whole thing. I was playtesting it in paper for the first time. And oh man, Grief Ephemerate, it is just so much fun. This is the most fun I've had with a deck in a long time. And I'm super happy with uh, the way my build turned out. It's got uh, Solitudes, it's got Griefs, it's got Stoneforge Mystics, it's got Skyclave Apparitions, Tide Hollow Scullers. This is a fun Flicker deck. 
I didn't go big into the whole like Yorian build after all. And some people are playing like Yorian Elemental Flicker. That's too messy, too many shock lands, too many fetches. I'm here for straight black, white, stone blade. So much fun. And last but not least, my, my final Teferi, I'm super excited for the mailbag. Like genuinely really excited to see what questions everyone submits. Some potential category ideas. I know Zach and I love talking about movies, video games, food, culture at large anything in, in that kind of breadth magic related if you want but you know this is your time to to go nuts with it so books uh experiences i don't know we're, we're pretty fun people i think if you haven't figured that out by now you're probably not listening <laughs> if, you, if you didn't think we're at least slightly interesting you probably wouldn't be here right so you know uh if you if you're wondering anything we want this to kind of be conversational so you know tell us something about yourself we'll, we'll chat with you and for me this week, my Teferi is that so far we've raised $125 for direct relief. And I say raised kind of in quotes there because if you haven't heard or maybe you missed an episode or something, we are donating money to this fund called Direct Relief. It's a nonprofit organization that, well, provides direct relief to various groups throughout the world. And they've been doing a lot with COVID relief lately. And so we're donating a quarter per downloaded episode this month. So we're recording on the 15th here about halfway through the month and we're at about $125 raised so far for that. So definitely keep listening, share it with your friends, get our download numbers up so we can donate more money to them and uh, just share that out. And we'll be posting, I think probably our final total uh, at the end of, you know, maybe for new year's or whatever, um, just mm. so we can let the whole crew know and understand that, that you guys helped us uh, get to whatever number we get to for my Tibble, uh, I've had some tough personal stuff going on. I'm not going to go into it in detail, but it's been very taxing. And on top of that, my drafting has been pretty lackluster lately. I was telling Ben before the show, you know, we usually sit down and we're like, all right, who's going to do the draft for, for this, for this episode. And I was like, yeah, I don't have the funds on my account. So, <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes we hit those, those ruts and I actually did fairly decently at the beginning of the format, but yeah, not so much lately. I think the uh, the open kind of ruined that for me. I went. I had two very awesome decks that did really poorly. <laughs> mm, yeah, uh, I, I remember it was unfortunate. As to the personal stuff, you know me. I'm here for you. But you know, uh, as as for the drafting, uh, y- you're on your own. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. On to our listener question of the week. This week, our question comes from Rob Dies at the end in the Discord, and the question is: What rule did you get most wrong in Magic? I just discovered today that regenerate doesn't mean return from your graveyard from the battlefield, which is embarrassing since my zombie EDH deck has regenerate cards that are not nearly as good as I thought they were. So yeah, what rule did you get most wrong in Magic? Oh, I have a good one for this. This is a rule that I played wrong for maybe the first year or two, definitely through high school. I I distinctly remember playing in college my freshman year in my dorm on a table in one of the the common areas with some random person whose name I didn't even know that was just like someone that I figured out was a nerd and could play magic with. But I distinctly remember uh, during combat, let my creature trade for their creature. So like let damage happen and then activate a sacrifice ability with my creature that was already dead. So my thinking was like, uh, my 4-4 could trade for their 4-4, both would die, like mine would kill theirs, and then as mine was like kind of on the way out, I could cast, I don't know, village rights or, or something like that to sacrifice my creature as it was already on the way out and draw the two cards or something like that. It took a lot of convincing from my uh, my, my new acquaintance to, to have me actually, I remember like pulling up the rules in Gatherer I, I just didn't know. I'd been playing it wrong the whole time. I thought you could get that extra little value eked out there. But 
of course, uh, you cannot do that. The creature trades and dies, and you never get the chance. Or if you want to sack it, it doesn't deal the damage. That was that was something I struggled with for a while. Yeah, that's interesting. My answer is actually very similar to yours, but the the one that I was the most confused with, like in terms of, I guess not a rule, but a mechanic that I was most most confused with was mutate. I think that. Just oh, about everybody yeah. fits the bill with that one. And also bestow a little bit for similar reasons. But my actual, like, the rule that I got most wrong was state-based effects. Just remembering which ones happened and how and why and where and all those sorts of things. Like, tokens mm. technically going to the graveyard, but then not. Like, you know, all those sorts of, like, weird oh, little yeah. niche state-based effects are the ones that I struggled with most and often still do. Especially when they print new things that interact with things in, in that way. Yeah, mutate was definitely a big one. I like if you flicker a mutate pile, they all come back separately, right? I'm I'm pretty sure. Dude, I don't even know. Like I still don't know <laughs> mutate well enough. And I didn't play Ikoria standard or draft or anything, so I didn't bother to learn the mechanics. So now what the only time mm-hmm. I run into it is an EDH really, and then I'm just like, sure, whatever you say happens is what happens. I don't know. <laughs> I do remember there was a an absurdly long Reddit thread going around where someone figured out a way to like fully within the mechanical rules of magic, put their entire deck into their command zone. And it involved mutating and doing a bunch of other nonsense. Basically, you, you somehow like got your entire deck onto the battlefield. You animated all your stuff and like you, you, you like finished your turn. It was an absurdly long turn, an absurd combo. But you finished your turn with your entire EDH deck in your command zone. I'll try to find it and link it in the Discord. It was truly absurd, but that that and it involved mutate. I know that for sure. Wild, yeah. I don't know. That's a really confusing one. But thanks for the question, Rob. That was uh, that's yeah. I think that's interesting because there's always, everybody has something that they they had a hard time getting through, and it's interesting to see how it's not always the same for everybody. So regenerate was one that took me a long time to to keep and often i still have to look up exactly what it does you know because like the tapping part of it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me and and all that kind of stuff but yeah and protection is another one that's like one that people typically have to even players who've played for a long time even though you know what it does it's like let me look up to make sure i remember each piece of what it does because it it does a lot of stuff so yeah always Uh cool to see what mechanics people are are trumped by Here's a, a brain teaser for the listener to uh, to discuss in the Discord. What happens if a w- with protection and trample? So, like, does it trample over a protected creature or no? Uh, the, mull over that one, folks. Um, yeah, actually, regenerate. That's um. It also removes it from combat as it part does. of the clause of the ability, right? It does. So you know, a, a wacky one. Cool. Well, let's get into a draft here. We are gonna start. Uh, we're gonna do Crimson Vow traditional draft this time around and we'll kind of so we'll kind of talk through some of the different pieces um that we will consider in terms of sideboarding not something that we always do i think we typically will do premiere drafts on this episode for other sets but we've been doing a lot of traditional draft for this format so wanted to kind of bring that piece into this Mm -hmm. the last this in the last set i've just really enjoyed a lot of these unique sideboard silver bullets uh so to speak not the the actual card but well, although that that was last set, you know, um, I, I really liked the the sideboarding experience. It kind of reminds me of best of three, and I, I realized that for a long time I'd gotten into this best of one rut, where I kind of forgot how fun it is to make a good sideboarding decision, right? Like that's a key aspect of the game that I appreciate: the ability to say, "Oh, my opponent had they're playing blue, and they had th- like I saw two flyers, I saw two cruel witnesses, right? Oh, I should bring in 
uh, destroy target flyer effect. And that kind of play makes you feel good, <laughs> right? That, that's the whole point about feeling like a, you made a clever thing. Also, we're just waiting for one more person to join the draft table. Um, yeah, I have noticed the traditional cues are quite a bit slower than Premier, which I, I never noticed really in the past when I tried to play traditional. But lately, I've noticed the, the traditional cues are quite a bit slower. So number one card I'm hoping to open here is Avbrook Caretaker. Number two, probably Volatile Arsonist. I love starting with a nice mythic, and uh, I just haven't gotten to play the Avbrook Caretaker yet. I'm kind of disappointed, but I am speaking into existence right now because, well, if you don't ask, you're never going to get it. That's true. I would just rather open the whole Breacher and be done. I've never lost yeah. a game I've been able to cast that card in, so <laughs> let's, uh, it's let's a- just slam that, bounce our opponent's entire board, and be done. Well, we've readied up here, and... Uh, about to see if these two people can ready up for us. Come on, come on, friends. I can't even mock their avatars anymore. Now we don't, we don't, we don't, uh, we don't get to see who our, our fellow drafters are. That's one thing I'm kind of sad about. Just a little feels a little less human. Not that it felt very human to begin with, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was always cool to be able to look at your pod and be like, oh wow, look who I'm drafting with. And huh, okay, not Avbrook caretaker, but our rare is Mirror Hall Mimic. Uh, we've got a resistance squad, a Valorous Stance, and a Rending Flame. A pretty strong pack, all things considered. Other notable commons, Chill the Grave, Hungry Ridge Wolf, a bunch of junk. There's like a Witch's Web, Bramble Armor, End the Hostilities, or End the Festivities, Blood Servitor, Ragged Recluse. I'm just slamming the Mirror Hall Mimic. Look, I- I've I've spoken at length about my aversion to blue in this format, but I've splashed this card, and I don't really think this is a splashing format. Mirror Hall Mimic combos really well with, uh, what's the, the looter effect? Uh, the zombie, it's a 1-3, you can discard a creature card. Yeah, the Entomber. Yeah, this thing I've actually discarded on turn 5 to the looter and then immediately cast the backside when I wanted the backside instead of the front side. I'm just going to slam this rare here. Resistance Squad, you kind of want to be in humans for. Valorous Stance and Rending Flame are actually both pretty solid first picks, but Mirror Hall Mimic is just a great clone, and then the backside can be basically unbeatable yeah and i I think the blue white spirits deck actually does have quite a lot of room to be good Uh, i haven't seen it come together for myself but i've seen it against me and in this pack we see a creepy puppeteer which is a card that i've seen work very very well in certain i love this card yeah however we've passed a resistance squad a wash away and a brine comber there's a cruel witness in the pack there's actually the sellhoff and tumor like we were talking about but the question is do we go in on the brine comber or I don't know, when people pass me red rares that are good, I tend to take that as a pretty big signal. I think these are both pretty close picks. The Brinecomber, the Puppeteer. Uh, I'm thing more is tending to stay missing. open. Yeah, I do prefer to stay open in this case. Moving in on a on a on a a solid but not unbeatable uncommon is nice here, but I think I want to take the puppeteer. What do you think? Yeah, I don't think it's impossible that we play the two together, the mirror hall mimic and the puppeteer. Um, mm-hmm. If we take the Brinecomer, if we don't take the Brinecomer, we're probably not ending up in Spirits, but mm. I don't think, I think staying open is better, as you said. Yep, took the Puppeteer, and now we don't see much in red in this pack. Uh, we see an Edgar's Awakening, a Sigardian Paladin, a Boarded Window, uh, no thanks. Adam at Will, Heron Blessed Geist, Flourishing Hunter. This pack is pretty flat in power level. Nothing is really standing out to me here as a, as a slam. Sigardian Paladin is my favorite card in this pack, but we're pretty far away from that. If we want to stick with the, the red theme, we could take a Daybreak Combatants, but blue is dry. Only one blue card in this pack, and that's Steelclad Spirit. What do you want might here? Just, might just be a bad pack. Uh, I'm yeah. 
all of the uncommons are still present, so a rare and commons were taken. I'd probably just take the spirit because it's the closest thing that goes with anything we've already taken, and nothing else is like extremely powerful that I'd the be upset steel to clad, miss. right? Yeah, not the harem blessed. Right, right, right. Yeah, I don't hate the flourishing hunter that's hiding in the back of this pack, but yeah, we're kind of forced into a power level pick here. Nothing very exciting. Well, we see a traveling minister and a fierce retribution in our next pack. That is a pretty clear sign about white. Um, there's yeah. an evolving wilds, a ceremonial knife. Those are two very safe picks. One uncommon remains. It's cartographer survey, unplayable. Uh, there's a weaver of blossoms, and in red, there's a reckless impulse, which I do like quite a bit. I'm okay with taking the impulse here. We're trying to move in on this traveling minister white aggressive plan. What do you think? Yeah, there's a wanderlight spirit too. If we really felt we needed to plant the flag in blue, which I don't. Uh, we have seen a lot of good white come our way, or maybe not good, but you know certainly usable white. I mean, the minister, the fierce retribution. We saw a couple of other removal spells, and the um, the humans that draw cards. If you have other humans. Maybe taking a minister here is worth it. The other picks really that I'd be considering are Wanderlate Spirit or Reckless Impulse. Yeah, nothing super thrilling. Huh. Well, um, we found an open archetype if we're interested in going in. We were just past Bramble Worm and Vile Spawn Spider. No one seems interested in blue-green. There's also a Wolf Strike in the pack and another Selhoff and Tumor. Hmm. A late-game blue-green deck does sound interesting. Bramble Worm can be good, but... Uh, again, talking about the blue in this pack, just the Entomber and that Spider. The red, just the Daybreak Combatants. This is a tough draft to navigate. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it seems like both red and blue are cut. I might take the Wolf Strike or the Bramble Worm and hope to wield the Spider and just see where we go. I mean, green typically doesn't get a lot of good removal, but the Wolf Strike's not likely to wheel. But Bramble Worm's a solid card in green, so... I think that's fine. <laughs> well, our confusion continues. We were past a wandering mind, indicating that the five people to our right, well, or at least in some way, well, they passed this to us, but maybe at least the two to our right, uh, for sure don't want to be blue-red. So that's interesting. This is a very strong card. Maybe there just wasn't also, a lot of blue opened, period. Uh, but we do yeah. see another Wolf Strike and a Sporeback Wolf here, which are both good cards in green. And I'm not married to blue. Like, none of the blue cards we have aren't good besides the Mimic. And like you said, we could potentially splash it. I think I'd just take the Wolf Strike here. Really? Over the uh, over the Wandering Mind? I think so, but I haven't played enough with the Wandering Mind. So maybe the Wandering Mind is the correct pick. Uh, I took the Wolf Strike and uh, in the last second, you know, we got past another Vile Spawn Spider. I mean, two mana, two threes. You put enough of these in your deck, your deck gets good. I don't like this late game go over the top blue green. I like the proactive game plan. Uh, we are past an Oak Shade Stalker and a Vile Spawn Spider. We are starting to see blue and green flow from this direction. This pack has no red cards in it. So I do like that pivot off of the Wandering Mind the last second there. Blue and green and white are looking pretty open. Unfortunate for that creepy puppeteer, but... I kind of might want to plant the flag on the Vile Spawn Spider here. Yeah, I think that's that's perfectly reasonable. I actually think we're likely to get the second one wheel to us. Um, and yeah. now we can just pick up any good green cards that are going to get the aggressive thing going early. In this pack, we see a Dockhand Mariner, uh, the, the Sporeback Wolf, as well as the Snarling Wolf. And there's also uh, the Ripsaw as well, but we're not really... We don't really care about that compared to the other cards here. Probably just take yeah, a four drop and, and start to solidify our sort of uh our our space here in blue green potentially with a red splash depending on if we can pick up that weaver of blossoms that we passed already mm -hmm. yep next uh we've got some random stuff a hungry ridge wolf a bramble armor a massive might i'm kind of on the ridge wolf here in case we open another red bomb in pack two and we're interested in going in on red i think this would just be better in a potential red deck than in 
uh, then any of these other green cards would be in a blue-green deck. We're kind of going to hedge there and take that. Uh, next, we see some random white stuff. Uh, Piercing Light, Supernatural Rescue, Vampire Slayer, Selhuff and Tumor, and Crushing Canopy. This is best of three. I'm in for the Canopy. Agreed. Yeah, and I think it's also worth keeping in mind, like, we've been kind of thinking about blue as our main color, and we're really not. At this point, we're a green deck, and we're still trying to figure out what our second color is to pair with green. We have mm-hmm. a Bramble Worm, a Wolf Strike, a Hookhand Mariner, and then that Vile Spawn Spider leaning us into blue. Um, and it looks like we didn't get past the second spider, so... Hmm. Someone may have gone in on blue-green after all. There's a ceremonial knife in this pack here, uh, which I'm just going to grab. Kind of getting down to the bottom. Oh, oh wait! The Vilespawn Spider came back with two cards left in the pack. I'm going to take it because two mana, two threes can do some work. Let's see if we can open... Uh, well, <laughs> not great. Uh, we opened Odric Bloodcursed. What a disappointing design. Yeah, not happy about it. And actually, this pack is abysmal for us. We see... Yeah. Only two green cards, two blue cards. The blue cards are okay. We see a Chill of the Grave and a Syncopate. Um, our green cards are Molecraft Millipede and Sheltering Bows. Now, the bows would be good if we do want to splash, but actually, no, that's not the one that does that. Sorry, I, I'm, I'm confusing one, yeah. that with the with the other one. The bows probably the is not the one we want. Right. Uh, I've not played Millipede, hmm. but Chill of the Grave and Syncopate are both good cards. I think I'd be happy to take either of the two here. Yeah, uh, the best card in the pack is a Bleed Dry. The Uncommons are not for us. Panicked Bystander, Arch School of Thraven, and uh, Edgar's Awakening, unfortunately. <sighs> I would take Bleed Dry over any of them if we were in black, but we just don't have any black cards yet. I'm on Show of the Grave here. Yeah, I think the chill's fine. We get past a pack missing a rare. There's a Catapult Fodder, a Blood Hypnotist, Sigardian Paladin. Other cards of note in this pack include Sporeback Wolf, Flourishing Hunter, Selhoff and Tumor, a Cradle of Safety. I'd be interested in the Flourishing Hunter. This deck wants to go over the top, and that's a really good way of solidifying your top end. This deck definitely wants at least one Hunter, and uh, there's just not much else to pick up. Maybe the Sporeback Wolf, but uh, I'd rather just get the Hunter first. Two drops is a few more interchangeable ones. Yeah, I agree. Huh. Uh, we're past a rare in our colors here, but I'm not sure it's one we want. We were past Howling Moon. We really would want this only if we were, like, Really hitting critical mass of wolves, and right now we have the Hookhand Mariner and the Flourishing Hunter, and that's it. Yeah, there's also a Hero's Downfall in this pack, so more good black removal coming our way. There's a Binding Geist in blue, which I've liked. That's a pretty solid yeah. card. There's also the, the what is that called, the Selhoff Assistant or whatever, the, the one that exploits yeah. to draw cards. Stitched Assistant, thank you. And a Siphon Essence in, in blue, and then there's a Rural Recruit and a Mulligraph Millipede in green. I like the Geist here. Yeah, I think I want to have a blue-green aggressive deck. The only blue-green deck that I've been impressed with in this format is the one that can actually turn sideways and end games. Speaking of which, I think I'm going to make a bit of a hot take pick here, but we were past some more stuff that's not quite for us. A Retrieve, which I, you can put one of these in a late-game green deck, but I'm just I'm not super interested. Maybe we can wheel it. There's a Skull Scob, an Innocent Traveler. Uh, Blood Fountain, lots of good black cards, or kind of okay black cards. There's a Gluttonous Gaster Grizzly Ritual, an Unhallowed Phalanx, but I want to take the Snarling Wolf out of this pack. I want to turn stuff sideways. Yeah, there's also an Apprentice Sharpshooter, which is a card that I quite like in this format, but it does get blanked by a handful of different things, and it does require work to be really useful, and the Snarling Wolf is just great no matter where you put it, so happy to take that, and it's also our only real one-drop. Now, into our next pack, we see a Spore Crawler, I think probably as the pick, there's a Gutter Skulker, uh, another Snarling Wolf, as well as a Selhoffen Tumor, and a Molgraf Millipede. Lots of those going around. 
But I think Spore yeah. Crawler is what we want here. I mean, it's another three drop, which kind of rounds out our curve a bit more. It, it gives us some card draw. Happy to get that card advantage, especially when it's inherently stapled to a nice three mana three two. Mm-hmm. Yep. Gutter Skulker is probably the next pick in this pack. Uh, the best card in this pack might be the Undead Butler that's kind of far away from us. Uh, but the Spore Crawler is nice. It does functionally the same thing as the Butler uh, and it's in our colors. Man, I'm just, I just—I want to get paid off for for this wacky little blue green deck. Two vile spawn spiders is okay, but I think we could maybe start considering some millipedes at this point. We're also very low on removal. Our only removal spell right now is Wolf Strike. Yeah, and I guess this uh, pack's not helping out because we just see a fear of death and a retrieve in our colors in this pack here. This is pick two packs, uh, pack two pick six, and yeah, not, not liking where that on. is. There's a bramble armor as well, which is playable, but probably not in our deck. I'm going to pick up the Retrieve here just so we have it, although I'm not happy about it. Ugh. Uh, wow. We've just kind of been cut from this direction. There's a Wedding Security, a Heron Blessed Geist, a Vampire Slayer, Doom Dissenter, Desperate Farmhand. Lots of good black coming towards us. Do we pass good black cards in pack one? I feel like yeah, we it's did. A good, it's a good question because I don't actually remember seeing too many good black cards coming our way from, from the other direction. There's also a Flame Blessed Bolt in this. Maybe that's worth picking up off the Splash. I mean, we never did see that Weaver of Blossoms, but... You know, it doesn't mean we won't open another. There's just nothing else in this pack for us. I'm going to take it. Speaking of which, our next pack, kind of disappointing. I don't want to call this a train wreck, but I'm not loving our deck yet. Uh, we have a repository scav and a crushing canopy is the only cards in blue or green. This is why I try to steer away from blue green. Look at these, these the depth of these commons. We're passing stuff like courier bat and belligerent guest. Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like we're not, I don't feel like we're getting cut. I feel more like the packs just are not breaking the way we want them to. I don't I expect anybody's. I mean, the the vile spawn spiders wield, so I don't expect that somebody's trying to cut us out of our colors here. I just don't think we got we open cards in our colors. Black mm. does seem to continue to flow here. There's another Edgar's Awakening, the Audric wield, and um, frankly, this pack doesn't have anything for us. You may as well rare draft it. Yeah, I took the Audric for gem value. Here, I'm going to pick up a Selhoff and Tumor. It's okay, not quite the aggressive card that we want, but we do have that Mirror Hall mimic. If we're going to try to go big and maybe do a little bit of late game nonsense, it's worth having one. Next, we see a Rot Tide Gargantua, Unhallowed Phalanx, Sure Strike, and Roll Recruit is the only stuff left in the pack. We'll take the Recruit, but probably not looking to main deck it. Uh, we could if we really need to get aggressive. We're just going to round up the pack here with some junk. Uh, take an Unhallowed Phalanx. Pick up a Molgraf Melipede. This one might actually make the main deck. I almost want like a creepy dollhouse. Is that the oh, that's kind of the rare that I want to open here? <laughs> Asking <Yikes>. you shall not receive. <laughs> we opened a Falcon Wrath Forebear. Man, sometimes you just uh, you just wind up in the slightly wrong spot. We've seen tons of cartographer surveys going around. I feel like we may have just gotten a little screwed with our uncommons. Yeah, it's possible. In this pack, really all we see is a Skywarp Scob, which I actually quite love uh, in in the right decks, mm. and we might want to pick one up here uh, to kind of round out our curve as well. Uh, but there was also a Sporeback Wolf if we wanted the extra two drop or a Toxic Scorpion. I'm leaning towards taking one of the two drops here and I'm almost leaning towards the Scorpion as our removal is abysmal. Yeah, Scorpion's not a bad option when we can't find other removal. Hmm. The, uh, the the nonsense continues. We've got a Sawblade Slinger as I think the pick here. Fell Stinger, Circle of Confinement are the other cards. There's another Sporeback Wolf. There's a Falconrath Celebrance. There's a Bloodcraze Socialite as I think maybe the strongest card in the pack. Uh, probably up there close to the Fell Stinger. Ah, Sawblade Stinger can kill something, take out a, a random equipment. We're kind of salvaging this one, but I don't love this deck. Yeah, this is tough. It, it's hard to say if we got into the wrong colors in the first pack or if we married the blue-green thing too quickly. 
But when you get past two on-color uncommons, I feel like we, we moved into it when we thought we should have. It just seems like the packs aren't breaking the way we want them to. Yeah, like blue and green presumably are open. But, I mean, just look at this pack. That Now we have a high density of blue and green cards. It's a patchwork crawler. We got past this kind of junky rare. I'm not super interested in this. Are you? Not particularly. And we don't have a ton of activated abilities for it to actually like gain. There's a Binding Geist and a Serpentine Ambush. And I've seen Ambush, like sometimes get people but mostly because it's a bad card and you shouldn't play around it <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i've got got by it before i'm on the geist here i mean i think our, our best bet is going to be to squeak out wins with some junky aggro plans yeah also every enchantment we can get access to is going to make our steel clad spirits better so that's right well uh are you interested in a third vile spawn spider i mean it's a two mana two three like it does something we can maybe lean into this graveyard synergy a little bit now i'm kind of happy we picked up the retrieve yeah, there's also a Dreadlight Monstrosity, which could potentially be a way we close out, but we also have a top end already. I'm fine with the third Vile Spawn Spider. I mean, we are probably going to wheel it, even if we don't take it here, so maybe I might take something else just to take, just to, to get it back on the wheel. Uh, I'm just going to take it. There's nothing else interesting in this pack for us. Uh, the insults and injuries continue. <laughs> we're past uh, a wandering mind, uh, but I don't feel like we were supposed to be in blue-red in this seat. Um, despite the, the presence of this. There's a Syncopate, which might be the pickup here, just as a, a pseudo-removal spell. There's another Rural Recruit, but then the rest of the pack is white and red cards. Yeah, I'm happy to pick up the Syncopate here. I, I do think the blue-red deck was just not there, and this now we see a couple of solid cards. Finally, uh, a, a Crawling payoff. Infestation and a Dormant Grove, and Dormant Grove is really going to do some work for us here, especially with the Mulgraph Millipede and all that kind of stuff. Um, getting those counters is going to be good. Crawling Infestation just feels like it should be nuts in this deck. I just it's don't just not think this is a particularly, like, this is not a very strong vector. But Dormant Grove, that is a card that can actually do some work. That in, ends games. I'm very in for the Dormant Grove here. Wow, I guess we spoke too soon about Blue Red. Another Wandering Mind. Perhaps that was the line the whole time. I don't know. I mean, I don't think, like, we still don't have a high density of instants and sorceries, even in Blue. And I don't think mm. we saw too many in red that we would have been happy to take either. So I'm not sure that the Wandering Mind thing would really work. We'd have a bunch of 3-mana 2-1 flyers. Yeah, it's true. I'm going to pick up a Massive Might here. If we're turning our 2-3 sideways, we've got to make sure they can actually jam in. Uh, we've got a Selhoffen Tumor, a Blood Hypnotist, a Lacerate Flesh. Eh, I'll take yeah, another I'm pretty disappointed in this draft, to be honest. This is uh, not, not shaping up the way I expected it to. But we did wheel <laughs> a Skywarp Scob, which I think maybe we want to pick up here to get a, another fifth, another five drop rather. And otherwise, we're picking like a Sporeback Wolf, which I'm not thrilled about. Yeah, like I'll grab a Scob here. Nice. <laughs> there we can grab another Sporeback Wolf. We're down to the dredges of pack three. Look, I mean, that's your average blue-green draft, isn't it? I'll pick up a Crushing Canopy for the sideboard with four cards left in the pack. We wheel dreadlight monstrosity. Didn't I'll take that to and just that, not be thrilled. Be Pick up a roll recruit. Man, I love this deck. If we had just, <laughs> we ended up wheeling a crawling infestation, which maybe will make the main deck. Look, I mean, a key part of drafting is knowing how to navigate these disappointing ones. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's part of the game, right? So, let's see what we can do to salvage as much of this as we can. So we're we're cutting out the red, and I think you probably want to take a second look at the crawling infestation. Maybe that stays. Maybe it gets cut. But you know, we're not really doing a ton of mill. I mean, the spiders do their part for that, but it's not a ton. And I mean, are we really going to beat anybody down with like go wide insects? Probably not. It would have been great to pick up the uh, the werewolf that generates insects. That would have been pretty sweet for this deck. Uh -huh. Um, but unfortunately didn't get there. We still have like one and a half removal spells in the Wolf Strike and the Syncopate. 
Other than that, we didn't get any other removal, so that's pretty sad. Unless we're playing uh, against zombies, I suppose, then our Sawblade Slinger will come in to play there. But light on removal here, and we're going to have to really try to push in, I think, a lot of damage early as much as we can, and then just finish off with like an unblockable Dreadlight Monstrosity or... Um, a flourishing hunter that they just can't deal with or something to that effect. Yeah, yeah, I'm almost looking at... I think the Millipede will make it into this deck. This might just be a 5-mana 10-10, uh, thanks to our little bit of mill from the Vilespawn Spider. I kind of like Retrieve as the ability to uh, get back two things in the mid-game. Mid <laughs> Am I nuts that I just want to put Ceremonial Knife in this deck and stick it on a spider and start going to town? Yeah, it's tough because it's like two splitting vectors that we're talking about here. We're talking about trying to yeah. play aggressive so that when we slam our big stuff, we only have to hit with them once or twice. And it's mm. a little, they, they kind of conflict, but I do think the knife will do some decent work here. Now, how many enchantments do we have the options to play? We have a mirror hall mimic. We have the Dormant Grove. We have two binding geists. So that's four. And I don't I think, think we're getting there on the steel clad spirit. Right, that's that's exactly where I was, where I was thinking. Yeah. So maybe cut the spirit, the, the steel clad spirit. Do we need both of the entombers? I know we don't want to cut too many low drops, but that's not an aggressive creature. Like we're not sending those sideways. So that's not helping the aggression plan of the, the low side of the thing. It does let us, you know, discard our mimics or whatever, but you know, that's, you're kind of missing out on some value there if you do that, I suppose. I think we're going for a very niche vector here. I think the best possible build of this deck is the aggressive blue-green value deck. Where, like, I think this deck, it definitely is lacking in power level. We really would have wanted something like uh, an, an oddity for this deck, like a 4-4 four, four haste with the ability to sink a bunch of late game mana into that would make this deck so much better uh, or something like the dollhouse where we could have leveraged this graveyard value that we're getting uh, but i think people don't pass that card anymore everyone figured out that it's good i'm looking to leverage this chill of the grave and actually make use of it this is best when we're killing our opponent before their creature untaps so I think I want to leave in stuff like the Massive Might, the Ceremonial Knife, the Snarling Wolf, these lower to the ground threats. And I do definitely want to cut an Entomer, and I think we can cut one or two of our top end cards as well. Between the Scob, Millipede, Monstrosity, Hunter, and Worm, I almost want to cut like two of these. Is that nuts? Yeah, it's a tough it's a tough point because they're they're probably what's going to end up winning the game. Like our deck's not even at its best, it's not aggressive enough to push a lot of damage early. It's much worse than like you know the red white aggressive decks or the black red aggressive decks. So uh -huh. we kind of need to rely on these top end cards to make it to killing our opponent. Now Skywarp, excuse me, Skywarp Scob is not going to do the job there, but it does it does stop ground creatures. That said. It does stop uh, flying creatures is what I mean. But that said, so does the Bramble Worm. And the Bramble Worm does a much better job of it. Yeah. So I'm going to cut the Scob. I think cutting the Scob is fine. It does draw us a card potentially. And we are going to have cards in our graveyard. So, you know, we're missing out on a little bit of extra card advantage. But a 5-mana 2-5 flyer is probably not where this deck needs to be in order to win games. Now, the Dreadlight mm. Monstrosity is expensive. But it does give us the option to sink some mana into it to make it something that we know can connect. So I like keeping that in. I think if you were to cut another top end card, it'd probably be Flourishing Hunter. Just because the Bramble Worm, I think, is too valuable in terms of it providing reach, as well as being able to trample over stupid little blockers. And it's also going to gain us five life, which is more than the Fl Flourishing Hunter is likely to gain us in the first place. Mm. So, yeah, that's true. Uh, and it's also harder to cast the Flourishing Hunter. So I think I'd want to keep the Monstrosity and keep the Bramble Worm simply because they're going to be able to connect with our opponent better. And mm -hmm. the Flourishing Hunter is just a vanilla 6-6 six, six after you've cast it. I am just double checking here. 
how many ways we have of getting cards into exile so that we can activate the monstrosity's ability. That's true. That makes the the Skywarp Scob a little bit better as well. I'm still not huge on it. It is just a 2-5. We want something like Moldgraph Millipede, I think I'd prefer, because that could be like a 5-mana 6-6 or 7-7 usually at this point in the game. Uh, but stuff like Binding Geist, um, if they can manage to remove their Spectral Binding, the, the back half. We really only have the two Geists. That's true. Uh, the Mirror Hall Mimic. We only have three ways of putting something into Exile. I'm kind of into Cut the Monstrosity. I, I know what you said about pushing through the damage. And I think that will be important in closing out the game. Hmm. It is just. A, it is also a 5-5 five, five that's difficult to deal with since it has Ward 2. So <laughs> it's it's going to be effective yeah. regardless. But I yeah, do see what you right. mean. Like it is going to be relatively difficult to activate that ability. Hmm. Tough one here. Uh, just taking a look at our, our low drops. I mean, maybe the Selhoff and Tumor just isn't doing anything for us. Maybe that's the cut. Yeah, I suppose it's possible. I mean, it does let us like bin one of our expensive creatures if we draw it early and we needed a land or something. And then that's we have true. the retrieve to get them back later. So we're not too worried about about bending them i think we definitely do need to cut a creature here uh, in in some way our, our count is a little high up at 17 and our non-creature is down to seven do we actually care uh, about the sawblade slinger in the main deck like i could see bringing it in but a four mana four three <laughs> is that really where we want to be i think we need every slots? amount of interaction <laughs> we can get true. our hands on yeah we're just kind of starved for it uh i'm between the monstrosity and the hunter like you said maybe it is just the hunter uh funnily enough retrieve exiles itself so that's a fourth way of of getting oh there you uh, go for for monstrosity yeah i think you're right i think we will want to be able to 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 just slam in for that last bit of damage i think like we'll you'll pay the five mana attack and then that will be end of the game right there you know yeah and and the flourishing hunter is really just doing a poor bramble worm impression in this deck like they're f- mm-hmm. almost the same cards, and Bramble Worm does way more than the Hunter does on top of that. So, Yeah, it's true. Gains a ton of life. So I'm not super worried about our land drops and our ramp. Um, we have a bit of intrinsic card advantage and selection here. Retrieve, Spore Crawler, the one Selhoff and Tumor. We have a Ceremonial Knife that... I- I- I'm down to keep the knife in. I think attaching a knife to a spider might actually be one of our primary game plans here. And looting stuff away... Uh, a kind of underappreciated aspect of the Vile Spawn Spider is its activated ability, where you get to make a 1-1 insect for each creature card in your graveyard. If you have 10 creatures in your graveyard, you just make 10 insects and then swing full, like, that can end a game. And there's not a lot that opponents can do about that besides the sideboard card of and the festivities. That's kind of embarrassing if that happens to you. But uh, <laughs> as just a, like a late game win con, I don't mind it. It's not the worst. And we have three of them, right? So we're going to be relyingly hitting this on turn two. Yeah. Well, maybe not our, our uh, best draft of all time. And sadly, we didn't really get hooked up much. But, you know, navigating these tough drafts is part of drafting. Uh, and I think, honestly, this deck could be much worse. I think this is maybe like a, a 6 out of 10, a 5 out of 10. Yeah, I'd probably be leaning closer to a 5 or a 4. But it's not atrocious. And it, it I wouldn't be surprised if we can pick up a handful of wins with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be sure to let everyone know how it goes. Uh, plus, I, I, I do favor aggressive strategies. I'm glad we got to kind of sneak a junky mid-rangey grindy aggro deck out of this who knows maybe i can leverage some of that and and get some wins here i don't know if, we, if i can break even on gems i'll be pretty happy but this is best at three so wish me luck folks <laughs> yeah and of course you know do check out the episode description we'll have the full 17 lands link so you can you can follow along the draft as well let us know what you would have done differently maybe there was a pivot point that ben and i missed during the live draft that would have set us up for a different different deck. Maybe we would have gotten set up for black in that second pack. 
We saw a ton of good removal and otherwise good black cards. So let us know what you think, and we'll uh, we'll definitely converse with you all in the Discord about that. Roast so we us. had we had one other yeah we're roast this. I mean we we may have just completely screwed this draft up. So let us know that too if that's what happened. Um, we do have one last thing we want to talk about before we end the show, and that is the new event that was announced. Was it today or yesterday? Uh, as of recording to today. Okay. So that is the new upcoming arena decathlon. And oh, wait, no. <laughs> Just kidding. I think it was announced a week ago. Oh, geez. How did no one hear about this? I don't know. Uh, we just found out about it. But that's the, the upcoming arena decathlon. And essentially, the decathlon is a series of events that Wizards is doing in the last like 15 days of December, it seems, this year. And essentially, they're putting out two different events simultaneously for three days at a time and if you manage to trophy the events you get a token and then you need to have so many tokens to get entries into like the finals of the decathlon and then if you trophy the finals you get a whole bunch of stuff including a full set of the next upcoming set um, kamigawa neon dynasty so there's a whole lot of stuff there Hmm. unfortunately in my opinion the rewards aren't really worth it for drafters if you're mainly a limited player you're probably like you'll you'll probably play in the limited events there are a handful of phantom drafts and sealed events that are going to be part of this decathlon but most of them are constructed and it seems like the rewards are also structured more toward constructed players as well but hey maybe it'll be pretty fun and um, you do need to get like i think it's three of those tokens or maybe it's six of those tokens to get even one entry into the finals so you know do with that information what you will but it's an interesting change of event types. I, I kind of like the idea. Yeah, so just to go over, I pulled up the, the specifics here. Um, reaching seven wins in a best of one event or five in a best of three earns you a decathlon token. If you get three, six, or eight from different events, you'll earn entries into that finals type thing. Three unique tokens gives you one entry. Six gives you two entries. Eight gives you three entries. And if you sweep all ten events, you get the three entries, but also you randomly just get entered into the February qualifier weekend, which I think is a, a nice little bonus. That's if you win every single event. Like if you if you get your uh, token for every single event, they just uh, like, by the way, you're in the qualifier weekend now. I like that a lot. Yeah, that was a nice little add in. But come on, if you get six or seven wins in the decathlon finals, which I think what, what is the actual format of that? I don't know. I actually didn't see what format that was intended to be. Eh, we'll figure it out. If you get six or seven wins, you get a Jace the Mind Sculptor avatar, which seems to be entirely specific. That's a pretty, that might be the best reward. I mean, I'm not that much of a cosmetics kind of guy, but oh man, being, being one of like only a handful of people with a Jace the Mind Sculptor avatar, that would feel pretty good. Yeah, and then there are three draft tokens included with that seven win run, as well as, like I said, a full set of Kamigawa. There's a, there are some good rewards for winning the finals, so I mean it is probably worth it to try it out. Um, there's just not a ton for limited players. You basically just get those three draft tokens, which is still worth some pretty solid value. The other problem I have with it is the entry fee for each of the events leading up to the finals is 2,000 gold. And the only way to get your gold back is to trophy. If you get six wins or less in the best of one, you at best get two or three packs of 
cards and that is like not worth mm. it at all to me but you do get your entry plus some you get 3000 gold if you manage to get that seven seven win streak so yeah i mean it, it it lets you kind of chain them together if you happen to trophy all of them but with all the different formats involved and all that kind of stuff i'll, I'll probably try a handful of them i'm not going to push to get all, all those tokens to to do the finals i don't think but hear me out it looks like the format of the finals arena cube is it really? Yeah, that's kind of awesome. I oh, might be into man. that. <laughs> uh, All right, and now you got ones. me. Jeez. I think one of them was like cost reduction Strixhaven, which sounds fun. Another one. Uh, oh, yeah, here they are. So I'm, I'm just going to mention the, the, the limited ones. That's what we care about, right? Decathlon number two is Phantom Sealed. Using three packs of Midnight Hunt and three packs of Crimson Vow. Fun. Decathlon number three is just traditional best of three Crimson Vow draft. Oh, Decathlon five is Zendikar Rising bot draft. Oh, that's an easy one. Come on. Just party it up, you know? Black, red, beatdown. Give, give me those Grotag bug catchers. Um, da, da, da. And then, yeah, Decathlon number 10. Oh, number eight is Singleton. That's kind of fun. Uh, number 10 is, yeah, Strixhaven Turbo Draft. A bot draft with each player that gets an emblem with the text, all spells cost five generic less to cast. Wait a minute. Isn't there a, what was the um, intro to Annihilation? The one that it's a five mana spell that just exiles a permanent and they draw yep, a card? it's free. <laughs> also, all the dragons cost two mana. Love it. Oh, man. All right. I'm, I'm pretty excited for this. I may go for the finals because uh, getting to play in a moderately high stakes arena cube draft sounds just like my kind of nonsense if i've got the time in the next few weeks uh yeah i'll do it why not yeah i think i'll i'll try for the, the i'll try the limited um events but i'm not going to push to play the constructed ones it sounds like there are enough limited ones to get at least one entry into the finals if you were to trophy all three of the limited ones or all four of the limited ones or whatever so i'll give mm. that a go i'm not really too bothered about the the constructed ones and maybe like singleton or something i'll play around with but i i yeah, I'm not sure. It'll depend on how much time I have, I guess. But the high stakes arena keep sounds awesome. Yeah, uh, I want to see more of that. If we could get a qualifier weekend or, oh man, can we get an arena open that's cube? Can you imagine how much fun that would be? That'd be sick. I would, I would book the whole weekend. I don't care. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, that does it for us this week. Thanks so much for listening. Again, do check out the Discord. We have our mailbag episode coming up next week. Check out the Discord for a channel where you can ask us questions there. Again, doesn't have to be magic related. In fact, we would probably prefer that they're not. Just ask us whatever you want. And there's also a Google f survey for that as well. So check out the episode description to get that link so you can ask us those questions. We'll put them all together and do a whole mailbag episode next week. So check that out. And then again, if you want to support us directly, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash draft pod. Once again, thank you so much to all of our patrons really keeps us doing this uh, without you guys. I don't think we'd be here this long. So thank you so much for that. And if you want to reach out to us outside of the discord, you can find us on Twitter by finding me at Zach E Hackett. You can find Ben at Betafish one and you can find the show directly at draft pod. That does it for us. And we'll see you next week. Looking forward to your questions, folks. Uh, are you still following my stream? Yes. Oh, God. So do you see what's happening? <laughs> ben just entered a quick draft for call time. Are we doing a bonus quick draft here? This is going to be a really, really quick draft. All right, because call time we can fly through. So the best way to play call time is uh, force all the snowlands, take Sorolf's packmates, glimpse the cosmos, and uh, behold the multiverse above basically everything. But you opened uh, a Turgrid. 
We opened a Terra Grid, but there's a glimpse of the Cosmos and a Sorolf Packmate in this pack. Uh, I think it... Well, it's, you have more experience with this format than I do in terms of quick draft and, and playing the bots and all that. I'm just going to sit back and watch you take care of this. Okay, Turgard is a disgusting card, but the snow deck is stupidly good. However, you can sometimes splash Turgard in the snow deck. I'm going to take Turgard, but be very disappointed that I'm passing Cosmos and Packmate. Oh, man, dude, you know what? One of these might just be the right pick. Cosmos is basically... Um, it, it it feels like like an ancestral recall sometimes. Uh, it's it is a stupid card. This is actually closer than I, I was expecting this to be. Uh, I'm gonna take the glimpse here. Oh God. Yeah, all I just right, took a blue right. card over a black rare. You saw that. I did it. Uh, and I'm a little disappointed here because we got past a Furia Judge of Valor because that would have been kind of cool. But it just doesn't matter in this format. You can just do whatever you want. I'm going to take a Mistwalker out of this pack. <laughs> like, forget the Dwarven Hammer, the Gladeworm. I'm going to grab a Mistwalker. Uh, next up, probably on the snow-covered mountain here, there's a Jasperis Sentinel, Fearless Liberator. Rune of Mortality is kind of cute. This could have been a black-white draft. Uh, but, ugh, you know, it actually... It, it, probably should have been this is a batter shield warrior code spell cleric i'm gonna take a shimmer drift veil but now we're gonna open a bomb in pack two and three and i'm just gonna be able to take it uh next out of this pack there's a provoke the trolls that i like i'm gonna take a struggle for Skemfar. uh ooh, some nice stuff here the yara kin seekers snow covered island gold vein pick invasion of the giants i'm on the snow covered islands you really want to pick up a lot of snowlands quick uh, here maybe a glittering frost or a uh, snow-covered plains. Just gotta be the pick. You really want one of each snowlands. Another shimmer drift veil. Bind the monster. Mists. Gates of Isfell. Rootless U is nice. Although we don't have a target for you. I'm just gonna take a shimmer drift veil. You can just take snowlands super casually, and you're bound to get paid off. Uh, I have three actual cards right now, by the way. Struggle, Mistwalker, <laughs> yeah, and Glimpse. Mono lands dot deck. Look, just watch. This This is going to work out super well. Um, none of these cards matter that much. I'll take a Gates of Isfell. This is looking like a blue-green base, but I'm going to pick up a Sulphurus Mire here, too. Uh, it is a little mini-game you can play while, while playing Kaldheim, where you and your opponent both try to see how many turns you can go exclusively playing Snowlands. And the one that plays more Snowlands usually wins the game. Uh, here, I'll take a God's Hall Guardian, probably not play it. Disdainful Stroke is fine. Uh, strategic Planning, Mist of Yara, neither is very good. I'll take a Planning and an Undersea Invader. Now let's open, like, uh, ooh, nice stuff in this pack. Blood on the Snow, Path of the World Tree, Inga Runai, Sorolf's Packmate, Sculptor of Winter, Replicating Ring, Shimmerger Veil, Snowfield Sinkhole. I just want to take the whole pack. Well, you can't do that. Um, my guess is that you're going to take... Well, I was actually going to guess you'd take the path of the world tree, but you don't have any green snowlands besides the Shimmerger Veil. So, yeah, I guess Blood on the Snow is just the right pick. Yeah, so Rolf's Packmate is really good here. I could take it and just try to go straight blue-green, but Blood on the Snow is a really strong card, and you, it's one of the few ways you can punish your opponents for going into these stupidly go-big uh, plans. Plus, I do have two Shimmerger Veils, so my splashing is covered. Um, the best card in the pack, I think, is the Packmate. But I'm going to take the Blood on the Snow anyway, just because I, I like having access to that effect. Uh, now we can pick up a Ravenous Linworm here. Uh, there's a Volatile Fjord is the only other thing of interest in the pack. There's a Rune of Speed, Trickster God's Heist. It's okay, Junk. Uh, 
Here, there's a disdainful stroke, a replicating ring. I'm gonna take an Arctic tree line, and now I'm starting to hit the the maximum capacity of Snowlands. Um, now I can start taking some good action. There's an Augury Raven, a Notvold Slumber Mound, but like I said, we're a little heavy on land. It's time to pick up some junk. I'm gonna take an Augury Raven. Uh, I can take a Rootless U here. Ooh, never mind. There's a Bergstrider in this pack. I didn't even see that. You will play as many Bergstriders as you can get your hands on. Uh, next up, nothing super interesting here. There's a Giant's Amulet. It's kind of like Bergstrider, but worse. Um, this is looking like a like a Sultai Snow deck. I can take a Priest of the Haunted Edge here. I have enough Snowlands that that that'll be a great card. Uh, last few picks here, a little disappointing. There's a dual strike. I'm going to take a Notvold Slumber Mound, I think. It just kind of blows up a land, makes some stuff. Uh, this last pack, I need to get paid off a little bit. I'm going to take a Coma's Faithful. Now that I have such, I have so many dual lands and so many snow lands, I can basically just take any card that I want. And th This format's fun. I'm going to take a Draugr Thought Thief. Hope to not have to play it. Uh, another Disdainful Stroke is fine. Really want to see Behold the Multiverse. Or some more giants. I'll take a giant ox. That's not the kind of giant I was <laughs> hoping for. I'll take a frost. Ooh, actually, seize the spoils might be fine. I'll take a seize the spoils. All right, let's go. Coma. <laughs> not, not quite. Uh, Sigrid, God favored. I'm gonna take an Agar, the Freezing Flame. Oh, there's a Behold. Oh shit. Oh man, do I take a? <laughs> do I take an Agar or Behold? Oh man, I can't I can't pass behold. <laughs> I take behold the multiverse here. Uh getting past a demon bolt, a berg strider, a shepherd of the cosmos. Like a berg strider. Demon bolt might be good here. Ooh. Orvar the all form. I forget what this is. <laughs> uh not particularly. <laughs> Playable. I'm gonna take an ice bind pillar, it's just a removal spell that scales up the game. It's an icy manipulator. Uh, flying through these picks, there's some junk in here. I'll take a lit Yara Kin Seekers. Kind of like a base blue green deck we've got going. We need some more action. I'm gonna take a feed the serpent here. Good exile removal spell. Some more junk. Inga Runeyes, uh, Yara Kinseekers in this pack, but my fours are getting a little heavy, even with some of the foretells. Eh, it's probably pretty safe to take a Kinseekers. Next up, we can take another Priest of the Haunted Edge. It's a great pickup. Eh, getting into the, the dredges here. I had an opponent that played uh, three Dusk Wielders and just started attacking me and trying to drain me uh, in, in a different game, and I cast... Uh, was it the story of ice and fire or the, the giant saga board wipe? And they basically lost in the spot. Uh, <laughs> here we'll take a snow covered mountain. Ooh, a volatile fjord. That's late, but a nice pickup. I basically get to play entirely snow lands. How many lands do I have? I have 11 snow lands right now. <laughs> uh, none of this play will take a, uh, do I even want a snow covered plains? Maybe not. I'll take a Brine Barrow and Shooter. Another Priest of the Haunted Edge. Nice. These things are just removal spells in my deck. Ooh, raise the Draugr to get back two Priests of the Haunted Edge? Yes, please. Eh, Carful Kennelmaster. Not going to play it. Three Seasons. Not going to play it. 
and a Draugr Thought Thief. You went about this draft just... entirely wrong. <laughs> yeah, Everybody but, knows in Kaldheim, you force black-white. Everybody knows that. <laughs> Look, this is a trophy deck right here. That's all I'll say.